I want to talk to you today about, about just life, uh, about life with God specifically. I mean, stuff, um, stuff happens, doesn't it? Uh, all kinds of things happen in life, good things and bad things and lots of stuff in between. Every single one of us go through those kinds of things. I've got three kids. Uh, I've got 10 grandchildren. Uh, our, our three kids are, are just amazing adults. They really are. But every one of our three children have health issues right now. I can't believe it. I mean, I'm, I'm supposed to be the one having health issues, but it's, it's our kids. And uh, in, in some ways, you know, that's even worse as far as, as, far as you're worrying and those kinds of things about them. Uh, I've, I've got a friend who is uh, at uh, Central Mississippi Correctional Facilities, and he's an inmate, and he's been there for, well, he's been, he's been incarcerated for a long, long, long time. And I love that guy, and uh, I'm, I think I'm the only person that goes to see him now. And so I went to see him yesterday, and um, for some reason, they wouldn't let visitors in. He was so looking forward to seeing somebody, and I couldn't see him, and uh, he and I, uh, well, I emailed him and told him what had happened, but life is tough. I mean, life can be really, really tough. I have a, a brother called me a couple of days ago, one of his best friends, the guy that he, he, he spends time with every single week. He, he, the man has gotten older now. A couple of months ago was diagnosed with an aggressive cancer, and uh, last week was put in hospice, and two days later he was with the Lord. His funeral is tomorrow. But I'm telling you, life happens. That's, that's what life is. And so we go through life. Every single one of us has our own journey. Every single one of us has our own story. Every single one of us has the good and the bad and all of that in between. Uh, that's, uh, life doesn't leave any of us out with that. The question is, and here's the question of Scripture. And I go, am I going to do this life with God or am I going to do this life without God? That's the question. And so today what I want to do is I want to go to the book that really talks, I think, uh, from start to finish about what life with God looks like. And it's, uh, it's an Old Testament, it's the Psalms. If you've read the Psalms, which I know that many of you have read the Psalms, you, you know that uh, they, they cover everything from joy to anger to fear to hurt. But it's life with God. And Psalms, the, the book of Psalms, starts with, now you're going to think, now this is a smart guy. It starts with Psalm 1. <laughs> Psalm 1. You know what? Psalm 1 was put there purposefully. It, it's sort of a prelude to everything else that comes. It's only six little verses. But it's just really, really awesome stuff about life and about what life with God looks like. Obviously, now that, that we look at Psalm 1, the, any of the Old Testament passages, we have to look at it through the lens of the gospel. And how it is that the, the gospel uh, brings us into fellowship with God. And listen, folks, the fact is that God never walked away from us. We walked away from him. And what Scripture is about is about reconciliation. If, if there's one word I could put with the entire, for the entire Bible, it would be reconciliation. Because it is a story. It is a story. It's our story of how God, after we had walked away from Him, has done everything 
to get back into our lives and to reconcile us to himself. And we know that he has ultimately done that through his son, Jesus Christ, and he did it on the cross. He did it on the cross. Paul would write, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. In the life I now live, in the flesh I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. On the cross, Paul says, you know what? I was crucified too. That's what the gospel tells us, that we who are in Christ were crucified. The old man, the old things are gone. Behold, new things have come. The old person is gone the new has come. Now, I say the old person is gone. He's crucified. He's still wiggling around on the cross. And he still tries to mess my life up all the time. <clears throat> but I have life in Christ. And I, I'm commanded to live my life through him. We're, we're talking about life with God now. And so we're going to talk about it in the context as we see Psalm 1 in the context of the gospel. Let me read Psalm 1 to you. Now I'm reading from the Holman Christian Standard Version. And um, I know that uh, y'all are accustomed to the ESV, which is an outstanding version as well. But uh, bear with me as we read from Psalm 1. How happy is the man who does not follow the advice of the wicked or take the path of sinners or join a group of mockers. Instead, his delight is in the Lord's instruction and he meditates on it day and night He's like a tree planted beside streams of water that bears its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. The wicked are not like this. Instead, they are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not survive the judgment. You see that? The wicked will not survive, will not stand in the judgment. And sinners will not be in the community or the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to ruin. It could not be more clearly delineated. Psalm chapter one, uh, verse, uh, chapter 1 puts forth everything else that will come forward in the Psalms. But really, it's the gospel. It says there are two ways. There are two choices. We can choose to live with God or we can choose to live without Him. And so as we look at this, I really want to focus on just one verse in a few minutes. Let's just look at it really quickly, though, all of the verses. It says, how happy, or your, your version may say blessed. Blessed is the man. You know, in the, the, uh, the original language, uh, the Hebrew language, that word blessed is used two times there. It's, it's, it's used twice to, to give emphasis to the blessing that is upon the life of the person who chooses to do life with God. And, and it's done that way on purpose. What my version says, happy. How happy? How very happy would be a better way maybe of translating that. How very happy is the man who does not follow the advice of the wicked? The advice of the wicked or the counsel of the wicked or the counsel of the ungodly. He says the, the person who is going to be happy in Christ is the person who makes a decision, refuses to buy into 
secular philosophy and the humanistic thought and ideology that is out there today. A, a, a thought and an ideology that says, I am a human being, and as a human being, I am the center of the universe. And as a result of that, I decide on my own. I decide for myself what I do, the way I live. It, it is a decision that, that I will make as to how I will live my life. For I am the center of the universe. I will decide what is moral and what is not. I will decide what is right and what is wrong. And the Scripture says the person, he refuses that kind of, let me say, idiotic philosophy is going to be blessed and happy. It goes on. It goes on. It says he doesn't uh, take the path of sinners. In other words, after having bought into this philosophy, that the secular world throws at us every day. By the way, it is a miserable philosophy. Did y'all watch the, uh, the Kavanaugh hearings? I mean, I don't care however, wherever you are on that. That was, a, that was a horrific thing to experience. And what it did was it showed, it showed humanity at its very worst. Well, that's, that's verse 1. That's verse 1. And it says then that this person does not take the path of sinners or, in other words, choose to live or behave with that kind of lifestyle. It is a choice. And finally, doesn't join a group of mockers or scoffers. It's not someone who is going to associate with people who are going to mock God or scoff at God and who he is. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't tell the world about Jesus. But Jesus says we are to be in the world but not of the world. And so here it says this person is blessed or happy. And he doesn't, and negatively, he doesn't follow the advice of the wicked, refuses it. He doesn't take the path of sinners, doesn't behave that way. He doesn't join a group of mockers, is not going to team up with people who are cursing God and hate God. Instead, verse 2, his delight is in the Lord's instruction. The law of the Lord. He's talking about this. His delight is in the Word of God. And he meditates on it day and night. I, I could preach an entire sermon just on that because, because I'm telling you what, this, uh, this Word is your life. It's where you get to know God. He is here in this Word. And uh, there's not one thing in this Word that will ever hurt you, only bless your life. We are, as believers, supposed to have faith in the Word of God. Have faith in its promises. Have faith in the facts of God. And we can't have faith in the facts of God unless we're in the Word of God, unless we get to know the Word of God. And then it says in verse 3, and I'm going to spend more time on this in just a second. He is like a tree planted beside streams of water, 
bears its fruit in season, whose leaf doesn't wither. Whatever he does prospers. He's talking about this man who is blessed because he doesn't do these other things, but he's in the Word of God. He meditates on it day and life and day and night. And look what it does. Look at the result of that. Uh, by the way, verse 3, as it talks about him being this tree planted beside streams of water, bearing fruit, leaf not withering, whatever he does prospers. Those aren't rewards from God. Those are the results of walking with him. It just happens that way. And then verse 4, the wicked are not like this. I mean, this is such, this is such a, a stark contrast with what we've just seen. The wicked are not like this. Instead, they are like chaff that the wind blows away. You know, as the wheat is separated from the, the chaff, it's light. The wind would blow, and it would blow that away, leaving the grain. And, and the, the picture is an agricultural one, but it's a picture of human beings, humanity, that is without value. And I don't mean without value to God, but I mean without value in their living. Humanity that is angry and bitter or without any depth. The picture is here and says, the wicked, those who choose life without God, are like chaff that is blown away by the wind. Therefore, the wicked will not survive the judgment. Sinners will not be in the community of the righteous. I mean, far, far away from this verse one person, how happy is the man who doesn't do all the things that the wicked do. And verse six the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to ruin, destruction. Two ways. Two ways. With God, without God. With God leads to life. Without God leads to death. It's pretty simple. I want to finish up or spend the, 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 the remainder of my time just going back to verse 3. Because what I want to ask this morning is this. What is the result, really, of living life with God? Finding in, in a faith relationship with Jesus Christ, this relationship with God that Jesus died to give us. You remember, he, was say, he said, I, I am the way. I, I'm the truth. I'm the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. The only way to God is through Jesus. The only way. And so we look at verse 3 of Psalm 1, and it tells us the, I'm going to call it the results of saying, I'm going to do life with God. Now, don't think for one moment that I think that I have or anybody has done this perfectly. It, it's a growing lifestyle process. We have a great God who is so loving and he is so patient. Are you glad God's patient? I am. I'm telling you. I have messed up more. I messed up. Well, forget it. <laughs> Verse 3. What is the result of saying, I'm going to do my life with God? Well, the first thing is this. If we make that decision, our lives are satisfying. Our lives are satisfying. He says in verse 3, he's like a tree planted beside streams of water. 
And the picture there is of if it's a tree, a, a mighty tree that's roots have run deep, not into one stream. It says streams. It is plural. And, and the, the reason it's plural is to, to show us the abundance of God's supply. It never runs out. And you think of this tree with its roots down in this massive reservoir that is always there, always refreshing, always cleansing, always energizing, always encouraging. Life is satisfying. Now, does that mean that nothing bad ever happens? What garbage is that? I want to tell you the truth. You're not going to really know God until something bad happens. I've uh, ministered over in Africa a number, number of times, and, and, but you don't have to go to Africa to see this. Well, people tell you, if you will follow Jesus, everything will be all right. Life will be good. You will always be healthy. You're not going to ever get sick again. You will be wealthy. All the, what, what garbage is that? That's not the gospel. But you will be satisfied. Your life will be satisfied. And by that, I mean that your, your life will be so fulfilling, even through bad stuff. Now, you've got to root yourself into Jesus to know that this is the truth, but it is the truth. I had a friend named Bill a number of years ago, loved that guy to death. Uh, he had been... Um, uh, a Vietnam veteran, he was in infantry, had seen some horrible things in war, come back from the war as a, um, as sort of a, a broken man. And he had been in church as, his, uh, as a kid, but um, this just changed everything. He was broken, he was bitter, he was angry until Jesus came into his life and began to change his life. And he became a... a a soldier for Christ. I just love the guy. Um, he was helping us plan our first trip to um, Africa, North Oxford, when he found out that he had pancreatic cancer. And uh, he was determined to make that trip, but he, he was not able to. I remember just before we went, he was in the hospital. And he said, I still want to go. I'm going get, to get better so I can go. But he, but he, he didn't came back, he was even sicker. And I remember going to his house one afternoon and uh, by that time he was in the bed. Couldn't really get up and get around very much. I went back into his bedroom and on his, on his bed, he, he had his bed, just, he, had, he had books all over his bed surrounding him. But the one that was sitting right there was the scripture. All the other books that were about the Lord. And he was just reading prolifically. And I'll never forget, he, he looked up at me and he said, Gary, I have never been happier in my whole life than I am right now. Because he was walking with Jesus. And two weeks later, he was living with Jesus. What happens when we decide, I'm going to do my life with God? Well, the book says that our lives will be satisfying. 
You know what else they say? The scripture says right here that our lives will be fruitful. Look, the next next part of verse 3. He's like a tree planted beside streams of water that bears fruit in season. Bears fruit. What does it mean to bear fruit? And says, you know, Jesus said, if any man, he says, I am the vine and you're the branches. If any man abides in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. And he said, apart from me, you can do what? You can do nothing. Oh, there's a little clue there. If we want to be fruit bearers, we have to let Jesus do his thing through us. But what is fruit? What is the fruit? Well, over in Galatians chapter 5, It says the fruit of the Spirit, well, it's love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. You look at that list of things, you know what they are? They're, They're Jesus. They're characteristics of Jesus. And they only come about as we allow the Spirit of God in us to begin to pop out on us. I love the, the idea of, of fruit and branches and, and vines and all that because what Jesus described was fruit popping up that, that had absolutely nothing to do with its own existence other than being a part of the branch that was part of the vine. And when you're walking with Jesus, here's what happens. Fruit just starts popping out. Now, what's it for? What is it for? It's not for you. Have you ever noticed that uh, an apple tree doesn't consume its own apples? <laughs> no, they're for others. Love, joy, peace, patience, all of that. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, all of it. Those are relational words, every single one of them. And they have to do with how our lives bless other people. And what the book says is that when we choose to do life with God, we become that kind of person. Our lives are not about us. They're about blessing others with whatever it is that Jesus wants to bless them with through us. That's called fruit. So when we choose to do life with God, our lives become satisfying and our lives are fruitful but there's more it says like a tree planted beside streams of water bears fruit in season whose leaf does not wither now what in the world does that mean well here's what I think it means I think that it means that when we choose to do life with God that our character is consistent Now, you think about it for a moment. A leaf that does not wither. There are a couple of ways to look at that. One is that it's eternal. It it, it does not end. Well, that's obviously true for those of us who follow Christ. But I want to also think of it like this. A leaf that does not wither is is a leaf that is giving testimony to the integrity and the health of the tree. And so... For him to say your life does not dry up, it doesn't wither, it is consistent in its character. Well, what kind of testimony is that to the world? 
Because, you know, obviously, if he says the leaf doesn't wither, there must be things out there that would cause the leaf to wither, but it's not withering. In other words, difficulties, hardships, hard times, the sun beating down, there, there being a lack of moisture, whatever it might be. But here, the leaf doesn't wither. It is constant. And I believe that he's saying, this is my interpretation of it, that, our, that the character of the one who is walking with God, living with God, is the kind of character that the world looks at and says, wow, look at how he or she is handling that. Can always be counted on to be the same person no matter what is going on. That's a powerful thing. The, fi the final thing it says is that whatever he does prospers. And, and, and this is how I'm going to say this. If we choose to live our lives with God, our righteousness multiplies. Now, now listen, he says whatever he does prospers. He, he's not talking about you're going to get rich or material prosperity. It may include that. I don't know. That's, that's God's decision, not anybody else's. But what it means, I believe, is that that life becomes effective in the lives of others. Whatever he does, whatever she does, prospers. For what? For the kingdom of God. So whatever is around that person is causing the kingdom of God to grow. The life of this person that is controlled by and lived through, uh, or Jesus has lived through, is going to see the kingdom growing around him or her. I have a, a friend named George. I, I, I uh, teach um, at uh, Parchman as an adjunct professor for New Orleans Seminary. I do that one semester every year. I've gotten to know a number of guys that are in that program. Most of the guys in that program have been in prison a long time. Many of them will never get out. Uh, they're there with life, without possibility of parole, that kind of thing. One of the guys is named George, and George uh, uh, committed a heinous murder about 10 or 12 years ago. He had gone to church all of his life, but he didn't know Jesus. But he got to know Jesus in prison all by himself. Somebody gave him a Bible, reading the Bible, he had a... a dramatic experience with Christ and uh, that didn't change what he had done that, that didn't change what his penalty was and should be but I wish you could see George I wish you knew George I've never known a more godly human being in my entire life I mean when you get into his presence there's almost an aura of Christ around him he's a big guy I mean he's a weightlifter and all that kind of stuff but he's the gentlest human being and I understand before, that wasn't George. The Lord has done something magnificent in his life. But here's, here's what I see. I see the other inmates interacting with him. I see the way he has influenced their lives. The way that now they want to live their lives in such a way. I, I've been outside the prison and gone to, uh, to the Central uh, Mississippi Correctional Facility in Brandon. Talked to a guy there. And it just so happened that there's a guy there that he was talking to that knows George. He had been at Parchman. 
This guy had been at Parchman and uh, was transferred to central Mississippi. And in a conversation one day with this guy who was with Kairos Ministries, he told him, there's a guy named George. He said, uh, one day, he said, I, I, I had just gotten to the end of my rope. He said, I, I didn't see any way out for me. I was so depressed. He said, I was sitting on my rack with my head in my hands thinking, how can I end my life? And he said, I see these feet walk by. And I looked up. It was a great big old guy. And a couple of minutes later, I see those same feet right in front of me. And he said, I looked up, and it was George. And George says, do you need to talk to somebody? Later on, he found out that George had walked by him, and the Lord said, you need to stop and go back and talk to that guy. I'm telling you, when you choose to walk with God, stuff like that happens. And righteousness multiplies. And all you did was say, okay, Lord. Who wouldn't want a life like this? I mean, I'm serious. Who would not want a life like this? A life that's satisfying. It's bearing fruit in the lives of others. A, a life that has character that is consistent. A life where the kingdom of God just grows around you. Because Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. Which means with you, with him. Mm, what happens? So this morning, I just want you to think about that. That kind of life. Choosing to say, I am going to live my life with God. Through my relationship with Jesus Christ. And it changes everything. The psalmist was very, very clear. Jesus was just as clear. There are two ways. Let me read to you what Jesus said. Enter the narrow gate, for the gate is wide, the road is broad, that leads to destruction. And there are many who will go through it. How narrow is the, great, the gate, difficult the road that leads to life, and few will find it. I want that life path. 